I felt privileged, privileged that the Lord started with me. Mm. I was like, wow, God, me? I was so messed up in this area. How could you start with someone who just let it go, just got totally out of control with it? And the Lord said, because I loved you and you asked me. Mm. He said, you asked me. He said, I was waiting for you to ask me for help. Yeah. You know, and I said, God, I thank you because I knew that 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 break was starting, that generational break was starting with me. And I said, Lord, I'm just so grateful. I'm so grateful for you. And um, so I said, okay, Lord, so what do I do? What do, I do? Welcome, welcome, everybody. This is your daughter, sister, friend, Janae Simone. And this is your mother, sister, friend, Mommy Jo. And we are Unveiled Soul Food. The podcast. Yes. And we are back with another episode of Unveil Soul Food for you. And today we want to get into the conversation and the topic about health being the new wealth. And more importantly, what it looks like to acquire generational health. Yay. I'm, I'm, I'm excited <laughs> because I want generational health but i want to right now and not only for me but pass it down to the generations so i'm excited about it right because we've been placed in a unique situation where we've been able to walk out this health journey together like as mother and daughter yes we've been able to eat together we've been able to meal prep together we've been able to heal together and grow together yeah and that process of it has turned into a generational thing right it's not just you who went through this process but you brought me into this process and we've been able to do that together and my desire is to pass this lifestyle down to my children right and and it's really brought us back to community mm-hmm. and fellowship because not only are we just um cooking and eating together but we're talking about real life issues. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And a lot of the conversations we've been able to have with each other has been some of the patterns and food habits that we grew up with and experienced. And, it, and it's so good to really be able to um, talk about these things, you know, to, to get to the, um, to root, the root of it. Mm-hmm. You know, when you talk about unveiled soul food, well, you're not just talking about what you're eating, but you're talking about root issues that was passed along even through what we eat. Exactly, because whether we realize it or not, we all have a relationship with food. Yes. We all relate to food in a certain way, whether it be good or bad, right? you know, and it's because you have to eat every day. And, you know, if you really think about it, we've really gotten away, a lot of us, from eating together mm-hmm. and having conversation mm-hmm. you know, about um, what we're eating, how it's affecting us, um, how things were done in the past, where some of our, our strongholds come from. 
and um, it's really like taking a look a look at this, and it's really been um, good for for us. So, Ma, what was some of your memories sitting around the table or just growing up and eating food and all those type of things that was going on in your household? Yeah, it was a, it was a couple of issues. But one thing that really um, stands out to me, there was a lot of control over what I ate, when I ate and how much I ate. And when I say that, my mother, uh, she never wanted us to be fat because she had issues herself, not with her, her own weight, because she probably could have been diagnosed as anorexic. How much did she weigh? Uh, when she got married, she said, and she was uh, 19 years old, she weighed uh, 90 pounds. Mm. And she's like five foot, she was like five foot three. Mm. So... And she said her issues with food stem from the fact that her mother would feed her, her brother, her baby brother, all the time and just let him eat as much as he wanted to eat. And she said it really turned her off. So when it came to us, she didn't want us to eat all the time and just um, all the wrong things, per se. So what happened was she really controlled, like, snacks. She controlled um, when we ate. How did she control it? Well, first of all, we could not go into the refrigerator without permission. That mm. was number one. You know, like, you know, where kids come and go and not afraid. Well, we didn't have pantries. We had a refrigerator and we had a cupboard. <laughs> and um, you could not go and just get what you wanted to eat. You had to ask, Ma, can I have something to eat? Ma, I'm hungry. Can I have? And she would say, okay, we'll have an apple. But it wasn't like she bought the most beautiful apples in the world. It was like a bag of apples mm-hmm. that was, um, some of them were bruised and <laughs> some weren't. And it was nothing appealing about having an apple. And I would say, well, I don't want an apple. Then she would say, well, have a glass of water. Mm-hmm. So that was your option. So, so it became a, a real issue. And when I said, when I grow up, I'm just going to be able to eat. And then, you know, if, or if it was a snack... Well, she only kept graham crackers or maybe van- or maybe vanilla wafers, mm-hmm. and we only had dessert on Sunday night after dinner. But all of this stuff doesn't sound that bad. It doesn't. It doesn't sound bad. But what was bad about it was that if we did have like something really that I enjoyed, it was so portioned, and it, and it wasn't equal because um, we as the kids we might have had one cookie where her and my dad might have had a cookie with, with ice cream. Mm. <laughs> and so I said, well, when I grow up, I'm going to be able to have more than what she's given me. So I felt deprived. It felt mm. more like deprivation. Mm-hmm. And um, if it was something that I really enjoyed, let's say she made fried chicken, well, my dad got the breasts. Yeah. So I said, okay, that's a grown-up thing. When I, get re- when I become an adult, I'm going to be able to eat. You know, I won't have to just take half a wing. Mm-hmm. You know, I won't just get not not even take because I didn't take anything. It was given to me, so right. I wouldn't have had to have had a half a wing. I would be able to grow up and have what I wanted. So I was looking mm. forward to that. So it was such an issue around um, control and portions, but not being equal. Because right, because you know. it sounds like it was really setting you up to have a mindset of as an adult the boundaries come off. Exactly. 
And you exactly know. right. When you become um, adult of your own home, then you the boundaries just come off, mm-hmm. and they did. Yeah, mm-hmm. like it wasn't even the fact that she was controlling your portions. It might have been different if it seemed like everyone's eating the same way. Exactly. But the fact that as an adult, you're eating in a way that's completely different and you're enjoying it. Right. Where I only get the little scrimps. Right. Then, you know, in your mindset, it's like, okay, I can't wait to get to the point where I can eat whatever I want to eat. Exactly. And however much I want to eat. Exactly right. And I also said, and I'm not going to do that to my children. (laughs) I'm going to take off limits for them too, which was also a setup for my kids. Yeah. Because I'm the child. Because you're the child. (laughs) They're sitting here. You know, now you know where it came from. (laughs) Now I know where where it came from. And even as a child, for me... I was kind of picky at first because there was a lot of things I remember I really didn't like. Like I didn't like fries and I didn't like like the crust on my pizza. And I didn't. There were just certain things that I really didn't like eating. But I also attributed to, you know, I went through a season where I felt like as a child, I wasn't really good at anything. Mm. I didn't feel like I was smart like my brother you mm-hmm. know so I felt like well I'm not good at being smart mm-hmm. I didn't feel athletic I didn't feel like there was anything special about me but I felt like I could eat yeah. you know maybe mm-hmm. maybe I could just be good at eating right, right so let me eat everything that's on my plate even right. if I don't like it and mm-hmm. I and I forced myself to eat it when, huh? when you were growing up did I say to you Janae eat everything on you know make sure you eat everything on your plate did I ever put that on you I don't think that you necessarily say eat everything on your plate but I did feel like I was being wasteful if I didn't eat mm-hmm. certain things, like if I didn't eat the fries, I almost felt like, Jeanette, oh, you didn't eat your fries? You know, why you didn't eat your fries? Or why you didn't eat your crust? Or mm-hmm. why you didn't eat X, Y, Z that was on the plate? Mm-hmm. So I did feel like I was supposed to right. eat everything that was on my plate. Yeah. And so I started developing these behaviors and these habits of, well, if I don't really like it, then I'll eat that first. Right. So I right. started eating my fries first. Mm-hmm. I started eating the crust first. Mm-hmm. Get that part out the way. Right. And then I would eat the rest of my food. Right. Because I felt like, okay, I'm being good. You know, mm-hmm. quote unquote, mm-hmm. being good mm-hmm. if I eat all this food. Right. And here you are not trying to deprive me. So you give me more food. Right. And I feel obligated to, to eat, eat all it. that food. Right, right. And, you know, once you develop a habit like that, the food starts tasting good. Uh-huh. And it just became a cycle of wanting more and more food. Right, right, right. right. At that time, because the Lord had to bring us revelation, we didn't see how your childhood food dynamic was affecting my childhood right. food exactly. dynamic. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And so to, to, to really talk about it now, you know, it's just such a um, wonderful freeing thing because now I know that my grandchildren your children, mm-hmm. it's something that's going to be discussed and something that we're going to look at, something we're going to pray about, and something that God is delivering us from. Because one thing in having the conversation is it brings awareness. Right. Before there was no awareness of what we were doing 
And we were wondering, well, why am I fat? Right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Exactly right. And, and another um, thing around food was the way food was prepared. Mm-hmm. And I know a lot of people can relate to this. But back in the days, vegetables was cooked to almost too long. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't tasty. Every, all the nutrients, all the flavor was cooked out of it. Or the stuff that was added to it, like um, smoked meat, mm. uh, bacon, you know, all these things that just wasn't good for Because our parents knew how to flavor up some food. They knew how to flavor up nothing to make it taste like something. Mm-hmm. So we got very used to all those things that weren't good for us. You know, your, your bacon fat, your, your, your lard, your, your smoked meat, all these things that flavored up food to make it taste good. We didn't realize that if we prepared it differently, if we... Well, it was a cultural thing. It was a cultural thing. You know, yeah. that's, that, that's what they were used to. That's right. how they were used to eating their food. And right. it was passing on this tradition. Right. And the fortunate thing about it is food didn't stay the same. Like the food you was eating then right. is not the same food we're eating today. We, okay, now you're talking. Right. You know, so even you may have could have gotten away with eating that way because y'all weren't eating that way every single day. No. But now, in the way that food is being prepared, in the additives that they're putting into food, and the hormones, and right. the this and that, and the frequency right. in which we're eating some of these things that back then was like a treat or a delicacy, right. all of that is adding on. Right. So we've passed down the tradition, but that tradition ain't the same tradition that it was 50 years ago. That's right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Right. It's, it's overdone and it's overindulgent. Right. Because back in the days, my, my childhood experiences, especially when we would come together with the family, it, w- it was fun. It was food. It was talking and laughing. And it was so much love, mm-hmm. you know, um, associated with the whatever we ate, the cake, the pies, the collard greens, the fried chicken, mac and cheese, mm-hmm. cornbread. We knew how to throw down. But now we're throwing down all the time. That was like a special occasion. That was like a special occasion we ate like that. But now we're throwing down every day all the time because there's so much food right at your fingertips. And you're not throwing down in a group setting. You're no. throwing down by yourself. By yourself. <laughs> you're going through that drive through by yourself. Because <laughs> I know many days I'm going through the drive through in the morning, going through the drive through at night, mm-hmm. and I can eat everything I was going to eat before I got to the house. Mm. Yeah, and then now you don't even have to go to the house. You just have the food come to you. There you go. So you don't even have that initial little shame piece when you're in the drive-thru and you roll up there and it's just you that ordered, you know, $40 worth of drive-thru food. Right. Now you can just have it sent to the house. So you don't even have to- And they leave it on the porch. You don't even have to see nobody. (laughs) You don't have to see nobody. Nobody have to see how- gluttonous you look for real <laughs> exactly exactly you know and you could eat in private and then it becomes that that shame mm-hmm. that shame just creeps right in there because even though no one else can see you see you right right 
Because it still happens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even if you're doing it in the privacy of your own home. Mm -hmm. Because people think it's safe if you can hide it. That's right. That's right. It's just, it's almost like you're reverting right back to um, the Garden of Eden. Yep. You just shaming, you covering up, you going into that secret place. Mm -hmm. But the shame is still there. And that's really what the enemy desires. Yeah. He wants people to hide themselves. Right. Or keep themselves concealed. Yeah. yeah. From the world. Exactly. And people in culture and society has done a great job at that mm-hmm. with food. Right. But, but I'm so grateful because God wants to heal us to the root. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, to the root, to those issues that need to be discussed, to, to, for us to really think about it. Right, because I, I feel like in this journey for myself, what was a, a turning point in God really flipping the switch mm-hmm. was understanding the worth. Oh, come on now. The worth of my body. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because you know, not for nothing, but I feel like we don't talk enough about the actual worth mm-hmm. that is placed on our bodies. Right. We talk about God is worthy, God is worthy, and God is worthy. Yes, he is. Because of his worthiness, we are, are worthy. And that's why when we read 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19 and 20, where it talks about, do you not know that your body is not your own, mm-hmm. but it is the Lord's that right. we were bought with a price? Mm-hmm. A lot of times we do not know mm-hmm. what that price tag right. is. Right. Mm-hmm. Or we don't have the revelation of what that price tag is. Like the fact that Jesus' blood, the Son of God, purchased our bodies back. And you know what? But here's another issue, though. Sometimes we say, Lord, I understand that, but I'm pathetic. Mm. I'm pathetic. I don't even know what to do about that. Mm-hmm. Because if we did, we would do it. This is where God want to heal us right there mm-hmm. to recognize that we don't have to do it in our own strength. That's why God gives us the Holy Spirit. He gives us community because he wants us to get back to community with eating yeah but to really be transparent to 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 really um understand that god wants us to take us to a loving place a loving space of knowing that we can really just bring this before him and say lord help me mm-hmm. show me what that means to really take care of my temple yeah And even understanding the worth in my body, the Lord began to show me that my body was a commodity, Mm. that there was, there was a high worth, Mm -hmm. worth more than gold or silver Mm -hmm. or diamonds, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. my body. And when I started to see my body as a commodity, right, because the word of God says, Give and it shall be given unto you, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. So the Lord began to tell me, if you sow into your body, right, right, that you will reap a reward, a reward. from what you sow in your body because your body is a commodity. Mm. 
and went. Wait a second. Wait a second. <laughs> Let's stop right there. Because, you know, when people hear that scripture, they think it's only pertaining to money. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But when you start realizing that your body yes. is a commodity. Yes. And to sow into your body. Mm-hmm. Now, now you're talking about some generational health. Generational health. Because yes. it surpasses you. Right. It surpasses just what you see in yourself. Right. If this is something... If you if you could sow into your body and sow into the health of your body, you are also sowing into legacy. Yes, yes, yes. And the thing about it is realizing the worth yes. of your body. Yeah, yeah. When I didn't have nothing, mm-hmm. because I don't want people to think for a second that when we started this journey, or for me in particular, when I started this journey, I didn't have a job. I lost my home. I didn't have a car. I had to move from one location to the next. I didn't have my friends or I literally felt like I had nothing. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't even have a vision for mm-hmm. my future mm-hmm. at mm-hmm. that point. Mm-hmm. I like God stripped me down mm-hmm. to where I was naked. Right. And I said, Lord, well, what do I have? Because I kept hearing, well, the Lord will use what you have. Amen. Mm-hmm. Lord, what do I have? I don't feel like I have anything mm-hmm. right now. Mm-hmm. I don't have anything that you can bless. He said, I could bless your body. Mm. Your body is a commodity. Give mm. that back to me. Mm. So when we feel like we don't have anything, mm-hmm. we walk around with this physical body that God has given us, the temple. Right. That God is saying, that's the highest thing of wealth right. that you can own right, is right. your body. Yeah. Mm. It, the wealth of your body is higher than anything else in this world, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but yet we treat it as if it's scraps. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's good. That's good. That is, that's so good. Oh, and, and for myself... Um, because I'm a whole lot older, I think I was at a place of not feeling worthy mm. or not even knowing how to come to that place of investing back into my body. Mm. Now, I wanted to, but I had been around this mulberry bush so many times that I didn't even know where to begin. Mm-hmm. Until I really got to a place where I was really ready to surrender it. Yeah. And by surrendering it, I had to deal with some deep root issues because what was manifested, what was seen was just the outward. But I had to, to, to get on my face before God and say, Lord, help me. Because I felt my physical body breaking down. Mm -hmm. And when I got to that place of really surrendering it to God, then then God had to really peel off some layers and bring some deep healing and some deep shame roots. There was such deep shame roots that I didn't even understand. Mm -hmm. Because I had some shame roots that was sewn into me by my mother, who's probably sewn into my mother by her mother. 
and it had to be dealt with. And and I was I'm I'm grateful that the Lord took me to that place because He brought some real He's bringing because I haven't I don't want anybody to think that you're gonna ever arrive okay because right. I have not arrived. I am going through the journey, and God is making my soul weight lighter. And it sounds like the generational food habits were connected to the generational shame. Yes. Absolutely. It was all, it was tying together. It was tying together. And that was only something that the Lord could reveal. Only, only, only Jesus by the power of the Holy Spirit could reveal that to me or to anybody. And the knowledge, the revelation, the wisdom mm-hmm. that God gave us around the understanding of how shame was connected to the food and how the food habits were being passed down generationally. That wisdom gave us access to break the curse. Right. To stop the stronghold. Right. To say it doesn't have to continue. And that's so freeing. And I felt privileged, privileged that the Lord started with me. Mm. I was like, wow, God, me? I was so messed up in this area. How could you start with someone who just let it go, just got totally out of control with it? And the Lord said, because I loved you and you asked me. Mm. Mm. He said, you asked me. He said, I was waiting for you to ask me for help. Yeah. You know, and I said, God, I thank you because I knew that 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 break was starting, that generational break was starting with me. And I said, Lord, I'm just so grateful. I'm so grateful, Father. And um, so I said, okay, Lord, so what do I do? How do I do this? Where do I start? And the Lord started showing me little tidbits. He showed me um, about um, exercising, you know, and, and funny story. Um, me and my specifically tailored for, for you, you to do exactly he threw that nugget and even with food the lord showed me different things about food how i needed to transition from uh white rice and, and white bread how i needed to eat more fruit and vegetable right the steps the, the baby steps, steps the baby steps you know how i need to not be drinking my calories right that was a biggie for me because I think a lot of times we want all the change at one time. Right. But with the Lord, he peels back the layers and right. he takes you through steps to transition because it is a process. It's a, it's a big process. You do not transform overnight. Right. The transformation takes time because the reality is it's not about us being patient with God, mm-hmm. God is being patient with us because he knows we could not handle all the transformation at one time. At one time. Right. The body transformation, the mind transformation, the emotional transformation is too much mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that God wants to intimately deal with for it to all happen at one time. Right. And you know what else was transformative to me? Was when um, the word said to me, when I'm weak. Mm-hmm. When I'm weak, he is strong. He is strong. My grace is sufficient. And my grace is sufficient. That word really empowered me. Because I always thought that, Joan, you are weakling and you're pathetic. 
But when that word came alive to me that, yes, you are weak, but with Christ, I'm strong. So I can rely on Christ. So I can humbly go to Jesus and say, Lord, help me. Mm -hmm. I didn't have to try and muster up this strength that I did not have. Because if I had the strength, I wouldn't be in this predicament. And when we're talking about going toe-to-toe with generational cycles. Yes. You do not have the strength. Don't kid yourself. To overcome a generational curse. Right. Or a generational cycle or a generational stronghold. Right. Because it's something that has been embedded into the fabric of your family, your mm-hmm. lineage, exactly. your culture. Right. You think that you just going to change it just because you 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 feel you need to change exactly. it? Exactly. <laughs> or just having those generational ways of um, comforting yourself mm-hmm. with food. Because that's what we did back in the days. We comfort ourselves with good meals when we got together as a family and community. But we've extracted the coming together and we've kept the, to, the satisfying ourselves with certain foods. And, you know, I'm not going to hold you. I, I did feel there was an internal struggle at times in breaking these generational curses around food. Sometimes you feel like you are betraying mm-hmm. your your culture or your ethnicity or your traditions. Right. Because it's forcing you to step out of those traditions right. and out of that mindset and where you're you're walking in a new way and your family sometimes ha- they're not walking there that way right. or they haven't stepped into that. And, and when you're saying, oh, I'm doing a new thing, but they're still attached to the old thing. Exactly. They want you to go ahead and conform to their way, way of doing it that's because right. it's quote unquote tradition. Exactly. Oh, that's what we always do. Yeah. This now you want to switch up? Yeah. This is how we always eat. Right. And so you felt like this internal struggle like am i am i betraying my identity right god had to show me the truth Mm -hmm. in my identity and even the truth in my identity as a black woman right exactly and what some of these traditions were even rooted in right because these not all these traditions are rooted in the abundance and freedom. Mm-hmm, exactly. A lot of our traditions, and I'm speaking because I, I'm an African-American woman, but a lot of these traditions are embedded in slavery. That's right. That's where they stem from. So we're talking about continuing spiritually slave traditions. Exactly. Exactly. Because we are so far removed from our, our real culture, mm-hmm. we're only um, set up to know what happened once we were slaves. And these are traditions and cultures uh, that were passed on. Because if you do any type of reading, it'll show you that, um, well, they wanted to make us slaves because we were strong people. Mm-hmm. You know, we were vibrant people. We were, we were, we were able to... They looked at us and said, gee, these people are so strong and so healthy. We didn't make them slaves and let us work for us. Mm-hmm. But then we get to be slaves and they're not feeding us what we were eating. Mm-hmm. You know, 
in the motherland. That's why you really have to know your history for yourself. Yes, yes. Because there is a depiction of our history in terms of food that all we was eating was hog moss and chitlins and ribs and this, that, and the next. Where a lot of of a lot of slaves didn't even have access to that stuff, exactly. and a lot of it was root vegetables or it was things that they grew or that right. they could grow yes, on yes. the on the land. Right. And so even the idea or the framework of slave eating is skewed and blown out of proportion for today. Right. To now we we only look at soul food as fried chicken, ma- baked macaroni and cheese, collard greens, collard green candy yams. Smother gravy, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. all fried foods, ribs, this, and yeah. that was not the extent. Yeah, exactly. Of our history, not at all. And what we ate as food. Yeah, yeah. And that is not the only criteria for soul food. If we're talking soul food, right? So we really have to retrain ourselves on what is soul food. Yeah. And if we go back to the generations before slavery. Soul food was healthy food grown from the earth. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we need to go back to our original, the original meaning and understanding of soul food. Yeah. And soul food meaning the spiritual link. Yo, come on. Bring it down. Between our soul and what we are feeding it. Yes. That our ancestors understood right. that we wasn't just eating for our bodies, that we were also eating for our souls, that we were also eating for our, our spiritual well-being. Right. And, and, and information was being passed along to the generations, mm-hmm. which, which we um, have totally gotten away from. Right. You know, you sat around and you spoke about, you know, your ancestors, your forefathers. And the richness of it. Your lineage, who your people were. Exactly. The, 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 the love for God. Like, do we sit around and we talk about these things? Or are we wasting time? Are we really getting to a place of soul healing? So it's like now looking at how to produce this generational health. It's not just assessing what we're eating. Right. Per se, that is a main part of it. Mm -hmm. But it's the habits around it. Right. The ones that we need to bring back and the ones that we need to lose. Oh, come on. Come on. You know, let's bring back the habits of coming together, communing. Sharing. Sharing. Right. Gleaning from each other. Right. Sitting down at the table used to be a time where the elderly used to speak prophetically yes. over the future generations. Yes. They used to yes. speak into right. their lives. They used to speak affirmations over them and also share where they came from. It was a moment of empowerment. Right, right. That we don't utilize anymore because we're too busy hiding to stuff our own face in, in private, to comfort our own selves. Exactly. Instead of using that as a moment to pour into, into. each other at the Ooh, table. I like that. I like that pouring. And when I think of pouring, I think of, um, you know, people talk about libation. Mm-hmm. And um, so when I think of pouring uh, in the spirit, I just see, as you're saying, just pouring 
knowledge, information, affirmation, mm -hmm. love, mm -hmm. loving on. Right. You know, just loving and, and telling your, your children and your grandchildren as you, you sit how much you love them and how, uh, how proud you are of them. And giving them, let them know you have expectations because they're God's children. Because it's not just about eating the food. Right. It is also about communion. Yes. Which is what the father is trying to bring us back to. Yes, yes, Communion yes, as yes. a people. Yes. Because yes. when we commune together, a lot of times we don't realize it because we're not practicing right. communion in the way that God has designed us to and the right. way that the early church was devoted to. Exactly. But... At the table, you can experience just about every single spiritual discipline. Right, right. In terms of serving one another, yeah, yeah. You serve each other at the table. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You're hospitable to each other at the right, table. Right. You love each yes, other at the table. At the table. Yeah. You have fellowship at the table. Yes. You can worship at the table. Exactly. You pray at the table. Yes. 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 So all these things are happening. As we're breaking bread. Right. And, and coming to the table shouldn't be a time of uh, arguing mm -hmm. and tearing down mm. and reminiscing about how much you hurt me and how much. No, it should be a time of love, mm -hmm. of fellowship, of communion. Mm -hmm. It should be a sweet time of fellowship. And not, and not for nothing, but let's talk a little bit about the practical parts of just communing at the table. Mm -hmm. But when you are dining with somebody at the table and you're actually having a conversation and mm -hmm. I'm not talking because, you know, nowadays, um, sometimes I ain't going to name no names, but you could sit at the table and it'll be completely silent because all y'all doing is eating food and smacking your lips. Right, <laughs> right, right, right. There's no conversation. But if you are talking and engaged with the person that you are at the table with you are eating at a slower pace yeah which is giving the food more time to digest mm -hmm. you're not eating as much right and also you are usually laughing right so you're using your muscles yeah, that are, yeah, are yeah. allowing that food to mm -hmm. help it digest right so it there are physical benefits mm -hmm. to Eating at the table, plus you are happier, your emotions, yeah. the joy that right. you're releasing, all of that is helping the food to metabolize. Right. So there was a method to the madness yeah. when God even created communion. Right. Because communion in itself is healthy. Right. So, you know, when you have these experiences, you have to live, you have to think larger than your scope. Yeah. It's not about you just sitting down, gobbling down food. Right. And that is opening your mind to a generational factor. Yes. Because a lot of times we think singularly. of our yes. health singularly and not in the bigger picture. Right. Okay, I got to go on this diet mm -hmm. because... I'm getting fat or I need to change my eating habits because I'm trying to get off medication. Right. And so you have it to where the focus is just on you, but the rest of your family is struggling. Right. Your kids are struggling. Right. Um, and they begin to look at you when you really step out mm -hmm. 
in this area and you really start to surrender and submit this to God, mm-hmm. everybody around you is watching you. Because you become a light. That's it is exactly what the word mm-hmm. says. You are a light, whether you want to be or not. Yes. Especially in this journey, because yeah. people, they might not be able to see the inward transformation, mm-hmm. but they're seeing the physical transformation. Yes. yes, yes. And they want to know, like, what you doing? Like, right. what's going? it opens up a dialogue right. of, of conversation. It does. And people want to hear a quick fix. Mm-hmm. They want to say, well, I did step one, two, three, and four. Nope. Because you know what? We are all God's children and we are all uniquely made. And he communes with each one of us so intimately. Yes. So yes. intimately. Yes. So things that he may say to you, he's not saying to me mm-hmm. or and vice versa. But we share our experiences Right. Together and it strengthens us. Exactly. Because there were a lot of experiences that we were able to go through together. Right. But there were also a lot that we went through separately. There you go. Because God is so uniquely in relationship with each one of us. Yeah, so he does things so uniquely. So uniquely. So for me to say my journey was your journey or vice nope, versa nope. Or, or what we learned was the same exactly the same it wasn't but we've been able to grow and to become stronger together together and to ex- ex- express that mm-hmm. and even now having a, a platform to voice this is what god can do in you and for you mm-hmm. and also for your family And this is one thing that I want to stress because it is hard. It is hard Mm -hmm. doing a journey like this Mm -hmm. on your own. Right. I know (laughs) for a fact that I wouldn't have been able to do this if I wasn't doing it with you. Right. Exactly. Me also. Because I know there was times where I didn't want to do it and you was coming alongside me you was pushing me along like hey Janae let's get back on track and I know there was times when you didn't really want to do it and I'm over here saying okay my let's get back on track or let's do this or let's make this plan or there was times where there was outside voices and factors trying to throw us both off and we had to encourage each other Mm -hmm. and we had to look at each other and and say like listen we not crazy we okay Uh Uh (laughs) we getting through this yeah and you know that scripture in um, Ecclesiastic 412 and it says though one may be overpowered two can defend themselves a cord of three strands is not quickly broken so I felt like you know, we were there together and that, and then it speaks of the triple braided cord. Well, that triple strand, guess what that was? That mm-hmm. was Jesus. Yeah. That was Jesus. Yeah. And so, um, you Cause know. Because we, we go, that's like a, that's like a marriage scripture. Yes. But it's not just for marriage. That's right. It is for life. It's for life. It's for relationships. And I always like to encourage, um, particularly women, because I'm a woman. To have sisters in Christ, Mm -hmm. we know that when we need prayer, first and foremost, we need to go to Jesus. Yeah. But we also know that we need that fellowship with people of like mind. And that's why we 
are now bringing this conversation to this podcast because there are women out there that feel like they're doing it alone. Yeah. Yeah. And it's lonely. It is. And it's hard. And it's hard. (laughs) And let's not forget about those sabotages that are out there. Right. Because everybody don't want to see you do good because if you start, start getting healthy, then it shines a light on them. Not only that, but it also stirs up some of the triggers in them. True, and that's true. Some unclean spirits right. that they have working in and through them. Right, but right. Y'all, that's a whole that we gonna talk. That's a whole we're gonna talk topic. about the sabotages. Yeah, y'all. yeah, we'll get there. We are gonna get there. Mm-hmm. But in in part of making it generational, a yes. generational transformation breaking generational cycles and and curses on our health Mm -hmm. because we we love to say oh well i got i got type 2 diabetes because my mama did and my grandmother did right but the truth is is it's not a dna thing it's a food habit thing right right this person died of a heart attack at this age so i'm gonna die of a heart attack at this age and we don't claim those things. No. You don't you don't have to claim this power in the tongue. Right, exactly. We don't have to claim those ailments and those diseases and premature death because our God, who is our healer, who is the giver of life, yes, can override any of those things. Glory, hallelujah. And because of that, the Lord can show us how to live our lives in order for it to not be the same outcome. That's right. That's right. And so we don't we, we have to stop claiming right some of these diseases and some of these ailments and start speaking life. Speaking life. And living <laughs> come on. Life. Living life. That's living right. Living life. That's you right. can speak it, but if your lifestyle is contrary to what you're speaking, let's not think this is a uh, hocus pocus and no. it's just gonna magically be so right god wants us to speak it mm-hmm. to bring us into alignment right with the word amen which is demonstrated in how we live in our actions good word good mm-hmm. word absolutely absolutely you know we don't want to just talk to talk right but we got to walk the walk we got to walk the walk to walk and, and so- how we do that we have to pray. We have to pray. Lord, Lord. And we have to make some real lifestyle shifts. And mm-hmm. it can start slow. Mm-hmm. I mean, it could start from getting rid of Pepsi and just drinking water. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It could start with walking one block and coming back home. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It could start with, instead of eating fried chicken, bake it. Right. And the Lord will show you where to start. He'll show you. It's so different for everybody. The Lord will show you where to start. Yes. And he'll meet you where you're at. Oh, isn't that so good? He'll meet you where you're at. Yeah, Because yeah. like I said before, people feel like, oh, I got to go extreme. Mm-hmm. I have to do the extreme thing. Yeah. I have to cut everything out of my diet. I right. don't think I could do that. I got to go hard. Mm-hmm. You know, I got, I'm, I'm going all in. I'm going to the gym. I'm going to stop eating all these things. And, you know, I, 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 I. And but people go hard for 30 days. That's it. If that, you, wow, you're really good. People go hard for one week. You deprived yourself of actually walking through a journey 
of where you were taking your time to letting the the layers of strongholds come off and peel off of you. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so when you do this thing with the Lord, he's walking you through the layers of saying, okay, I'm going to meet you here. I'm Mm -hmm. going to peel. I'm I'm seeing you. Mm -hmm. You drink too much juice. You drink too much soda. Let's, Mm -hmm. I need you to, to, to just take one thing out. Yeah, just one. And then you get used to it. And then it's another thing. And it's another mm-hmm, thing. And mm-hmm, it's another mm-hmm. thing. And you grow. So over time, you've seen you've transformed, but you don't feel deprived in it. Exactly. Because, you know, when God takes away things from you, he replaces with, he, he gives you replacement. Right. Because yeah. that's a, what I always say is God is not a God of deprivation. Yes. But a God of supplication. Yes. Yes. And so yes. whatever boundary mm-hmm. God may reveal to you in your food choices, mm-hmm. he's not there to say, OK, this is it. Like it's a punishment because right. a lot of times we right. associate changes in our diets as a, a punishment. Right. But God saying, no, I'm trying to supply your body yeah, with yeah. what it needs to thrive. Right. Not even just surviving, because we live in survival mode. Yeah, right. But thriving, where there's an abundance of life coming right, to your right. body. That became the thing of branching outside yeah. of familiar. Yes, yes. Getting comfortable right. with coming outside of tradition and familiar. Right. Into this new thing. The new thing. Because yeah. that's what the word is saying. Forget yeah. the former things. Behold. Behold the new. I am I'm doing making, a new thing. I'm doing yes. a new thing. I'm making yes. you a new creation. Ooh, yes. And so in the new, we have to really surrender to the Lord mm-hmm. uh, for him to show us the new Show us how to transition into new generational, the Mm -hmm. generational blessing of life. Yeah, yeah. Instead of the generational curse of death. Right, right, right. And that begins the transformation onto a a road of generational health. That now I know, I know, I know, because I don't have the same strongholds. Now my children won't have to deal with some of the same struggles that I had to deal right. with. Right, exactly. In my health, in my body, in, right. in loving my body, and understanding yeah. the worth of my body. And, and, and recognizing that don't be ashamed to love your body. Yeah. Because, you know, we, we, we equate loving our body around sexual uh, <laughs> stuff. Yeah. You know, we've or taken vanity, vanity. We've taken things so out of. We've taken it to the left. <laughs> way to the left. Way to the left. And it's about loving who you are in Christ. Right. The fact that we are image bearers yeah. of Christ. Mm-hmm. That yes. we are made in the image of exactly. God. And that is a beautiful thing. Right. And the body that God gave us is meant to be stewarded yes. with love and right. care. It's self-care is not a, a bad thing it's not. or a selfish thing. It's not. It's a it's stewarding not. thing. Because when we think of those in the Bible who took care of their bodies, like um, Daniel, Esther, Esther mm-hmm. you know, I mean, it was just a beautiful, beautiful thing. And, and we've got to bring things back to 
where God meant it to be. Yes. And to teach that to our children, mm-hmm. that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. Yes. And, and we have to take care of the temple because Christ dwells there. Right. All right. So practically, because we want to give the people something practical that, that they can walk away with on how to begin living in a way in which you are acquiring generational health mm-hmm. as generational yes. wealth. And I feel like, like how we said before, practically, it starts out with prayer. Yes. In prayer, in, in terms of asking God to show us, Lord, what, what are the roots to this stuff? Like, yeah, invite him in. You know, where are my strongholds? Lord, show me what are the bad habits? What are the good habits? What are the habits that I need to bring into this journey, even outside of exactly what you should be eating? Right. Because it's also about what sh- how we should be eating. Mm-hmm. Communion is more so a matter of how we eat mm-hmm. versus what we eat. Right, exactly. And or even as a single person, because sometimes single people say, you know, I don't like eating alone. Mm-hmm. So how can they, uh, too, we have to think about that as well. And that's something to ask the Lord because he'll show you. And the Lord will show you someone who you can go on this journey with. That's right, exactly. Because as we said, uh, a cord of three strands is not easily broken. Mm-hmm. Now, the beautiful thing is, and I feel like what helped us in this generational journey is that we're both a part of the same family. Right. And so I feel it's very helpful being able to walk this journey out with someone in your family. Mm-hmm. You know, whether that is mother, daughter, spouse, sister brother whomever exactly Uh and if you don't have physical family then you have spiritual family Mm -hmm. and asking the lord to really show you so you have that that level of accountability yeah yeah but you also have that space to really talk about right what's underneath the surface yeah that's good and thinking about having a um a motive or opening your mind to realize it's not just about you. Mm, this mm. journey is not just about you. No, no. As no. as much as it is about your body, it's affecting so much more than just you. It's affecting your family. It's affecting your community. It's affecting your culture. Mm-hmm. And it is affecting the generations to come. Mm-hmm. Amen. So Amen. having that mindset sets you up for longevity. Right. It's not just the moment. No. Nope. It's not just the uh a one day or a one year, but it's something that's going to last. Exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. That's good. That's good. All right. So mm, this year, in order for us to acquire that generational wealth which is the wealth that we can pass down from one generation to the next. Yep. That generational wealth is our health. Yes. By the grace of God. Amen. Because Amen. a healthy body, a healthy mind, a healthy soul mm. is way more impactful than money. Ooh, you stirring the pot. 
I'm just saying. That's You're the word. stirring the pot. That's the word. You, you know can... how they talk about pot liquor? <laughs> <laughs> you stirring some pot liquor. I'm stirring some pot liquor. <laughs> and if y'all don't know what pot liquor is, that's the, the, the flavorful part of the collard greens. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. So I'm stirring the pot right there. Yes. But that's something. Those, those habits, those traditions, the blessings... Those last. Amen. Longer than our existence here on earth. Yes. But it remains Mm -hmm. in heaven. Amen. Amen. All right. Well, we hope that your souls were fed by this episode and that you are feeling full. Yes. Yes. And that if you enjoy this content, that you will like, post, share, you know, with someone that needs to hear this, for someone that needs to feel encouraged, someone that might need a change of their perception in terms of their health or their body, and that you join us again for next time. Amen. All right. You got a prayer for us, Mama Joan? Yes, I do. Yes, I do. Praise you, Jesus. Lord, we just thank you that we can come together and talk about this issue of generational wealth and generational health. Lord God, I pray and ask that it would minister to each listener, everyone who hears this, Lord God. Holy Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on each one of us and give us ears to hear, give us a mind to receive, give us a heart to that wants to experience it, Lord God. Yes. And we just give you all the praise, honor, and glory. In Jesus' holy and precious name we pray. Amen and amen. Amen. And we will see y'all next week. Same place and same time. Amen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.